fucks in deep. I like it. Put it in deep. He's going with J.T. Brown, right by Calvert, right by Calvert, another right by Calvert, right by J.T. Brown. Oh, right by Calvert again. He's throwing them left and right, right by Calvert. J.T. Brown's helmet is off, right by Calvert, another right by Calvert. Oh, he ducks, right. Now Calvert's helmet is off, right by J.T. Brown. Brown will throw him down to the ice. But for me, the winner of that fight is Matt Calvert. You know, getting pucks deep, putting the puck deep. Put pucks in deep. He's chipping pucks, he's getting pucks deep. Just put the puck deep. Getting pucks out, getting pucks deep. Get pucks deep, pucks in deep. Puck deep, pucks deep. Keep getting pucks deep. All right, here we are, episode 26, Pucks in Deep podcast. Josh Coleman, Adam Lesko. Coming at you back on a Wednesday, Lesko, because uh, I had no voice. As you mentioned on Twitter there earlier today, I had no voice uh, starting... uh, Early Monday morning. So actually, it wasn't until Monday that it actually faded It wasn't until Monday, yeah. 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 I would have figured it would have been Sunday after the night we well, had. Well, actually, now that you... Th- yeah, I mean, I didn't really do much talking on Sunday because, as you know, I went pretty hard Saturday uh, after the game. You did as well. There was a lot of yelling there. But then there. you still went. You still left, and I was still giving her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, afterwards, yeah. Doing some fucking wrestling impersonations on snapchat so you know it's out of t- out of hand there doing wrestling intros it was out of control if you if you if you were to have done one what would you have chose what wrestler would you have chose ray mysterio oh yeah. i know you used to fucking my, love ray mysterio. my favorite back in the day loved ray mysterio jr yeah. i went for the stone cold i did the stone cold and i even completed it with a a a, a, a total fucking chugging of a pint well you have to that's with the customary into my mouth from like two feet <laughs> up high giving the finger to everybody it was good stuff the yeah, we were smashing pints all night there being a hero well i was gonna leave yeah until a couple shotguns went down a couple shotguns went down and that was, i think i might have did four shotguns by the end of the <laughs> fucking night like i just i like doing them i don't know what it, I, I almost prefer to shotgun a beer than actually drink it i'm pretty good at it so we'll give you that all right well thanks i'll take it so all right yeah josh and adam here it's episode 26, and we're coming at you after, uh, well, we we attended the, the Leaf game in uh, Ottawa, in Sens territory here in the Ottawa Valley. Get a lot of Leaf fans coming from this area. Uh, not a great out, outcome uh, for us. We kind of got shellacked. Uh, Sparks was not fantastic, but the whole team wasn't fantastic either. Um, I think I kind of lean a little bit more towards Sparks because there was, what, two... Two goals that Sparksy uh, led in at, two ba- or three, at bad moments. Two or three tough ones. And, yeah, the timing was bad. Timing was bad. Yeah. We were coming back. Yeah. Oh, we're we're coming come on. Back. Yeah, oh. I think it was 4-2. The one Scores. that really hurt, it was 4-2. And the, Late in the uh, period. I think it was the one where Nylander fumbled the puck on, right in the slot, come back the other way and score. So. Oh, yeah, he fanned, yeah, on, he fanned one, on the shot right in front of us. Sucked the life right out of us. Oh, yeah, it was. It was a, it was a fun experience, though. I mean, as we all know. Well, I shouldn't say all of us, but as anyone in this area knows that is a Leaf fan, heading down there can be can be a pretty exciting atmosphere. And I think, Lesko, you would agree with me when I uh, give my assessment that that may have been the most blue that I've ever seen inside that building. Oh, by far. I mean, I was, uh, I've was i been going to those games since 1996, probably all, like at least one a year, I want to say. Yep. More so in recent years, I've been going to one or two a season. And that is the bluest I've ever seen, like, you know, at first I was thinking 80-20, but it was pr- um, probably upwards of 90%. And 
And given the circumstances around uh, the Ottawa Senators, it's not a surprise. No. I counted a dozen, I think, Sens fans in our entire section. <laughs> and you kind of looked around the building, and they're just sprinkled out throughout the building. But, hey, good on those fans, though. Those are the real fans right there, the ones that showed up to that game. Oh. And they were rewarded for man, it, too. I have Sens fans that I know, and I know you're listening, you fucking greasy Sens fucks. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I'll, I'm just kidding. But seriously, I have Sens fans that I know that have told me that they will not go to the game when it's against Toronto. I'm like, why? They don't even really have a reason for me. Because they beat us often. Yeah, they just don't want to see us happy. I I guess, but like, they don't want to be in the minority, I think is the actual problem. They don't want to be the uh, minority of fans that are there, and they don't want to see all that blue in their own building. And I think that that's actually a part of the problem. I guess that's... Something we don't know what it's like, like to have your your barn invaded like that. Mm, yeah, we have, did have yeah. a complete takeover. Like it was, it was everywhere. It was, you know, everywhere you went in that building. <laughs> the bathrooms. Oh yeah, just complete <laughs> leaf fine. Just leaf a fans. just a line of Taveras and Matthews jerseys at the yeah, urinals. A bunch of guys vaping in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, all right. Well, aside from the actual game, we might as well bust into our fucking story of the night here. <laughs> yeah, that that was the funniest part. So you gonna take that one away? No, I'll let you fucking tell. Well, it okay. From a third so party. So point we're of sitting view. there, and like uh, Coleman is sitting um, on the right side, and beside him is a guy who's on, you know, there with his girl, and pretty big guy too. Yeah, yeah, nice dude, and and yeah, he was nice he's guy. chatting you up, and and you guys are chatting about the Leafs, and this and this chick is like clearly the the diehard fan of the two of them, and she gets in quite the conversation with you, right, and where you guys are chatting back and forth, and she's loving your commentary and you all the shit you're you're yelling during the game, and I was a big then hit. like I, I out of the corner of my eye, and then I see her giving like a little reach and touch on you. That's well. That's how it actually started. And then it, I kept saying every time there was a chance for Ottawa, I would be like, oh fuck, it's in. You know, because of Sparks, and I don't really like them. So I'd be like, oh, my God, it's going to go in. It's going to, oh, fuck, here we go. And she was hitting me, like, don't do that. You know, <laughs> don't say that. Like, very, like. But, like, reaching across this guy across to make her contact guy. with you. Yeah. yeah, that was the amusing part. And then at intermission, you're like, man, did you guys see that? Like, she touched me, like, four or five times during the period over top of the guy she's with. So we're like, okay, like, I don't know. She seems like she's India, you know, and. You never know. I said the funny part would have been had she switched seats with them by the time we came back, <laughs> which didn't actually happen. But anyway, the game goes on, and later on, uh, I think before we left, she's like, "Oh, uh, would she give you her phone to like add you to Facebook?" Yeah, or whatever. add me on Facebook. Yeah. And so on the ride home, we start talking about it. like, like that couldn't have been a couple, right? This must have been a couple of people on a date. Right, and I don't think that date went very well by the looks of things. No, no. Well, the the best part for me was that like, I mean, obviously, I you see the girl and the guy sitting next to each other. The the two of them are there. If they're not brother and sister, then they're on a date. I mean, you just don't go to the game as fucking platonic friends. I mean, I guess maybe you do, but the whole point is that's what your assumption is. Your yeah. assumption is that they're on a date together, and um, I hadn't really noticed any like you know, like arm around, he didn't have his arm around her or she didn't have his, her hand like in, yeah, his, in yeah. his lap or whatever. And then after the whole knee slapping thing went down with her on me, 
um, that next period when when we came back, like you joked about them switching seats, when they when we came back, of course he was in his same seat, but he was really uh, handsy. Like he, he uh, yeah, he was getting more handsy. Yeah, with he her, got yeah. he got really handsy. He was and, establishing territory. Yeah, I was or like, something. listen, man, you don't have you don't have to piss on her. <laughs> like I, I get it, you know. I'm not interested. You know, I mean, she's cute. <laughs> like she's cute. It was fun. There's so no, there's no so problem. I guess to like confirm our suspicions, we we looked her up on Facebook immediately. I looked her up on the drive home on Josh's phone. And <laughs> there's not a picture of this guy. There's not a relationship status. There's nothing. So that was definitely a, a bad like maybe third second date or something like that. Yeah, bad date. I don't know if like she heard about it on the car ride home all the way back to Kingston. Well, but... pretty difficult for that guy. I mean, he probably shelled out for tickets. And then wherever they were coming from, they, you know, he probably drove. Yeah. And uh, all he gets to do all night is watch this girl, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of flirt with this fucking stupid just, idiot. I fucked the shit out of you. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I don't always really uh, spending a whole lot of time like staring into her eyes or anything, but it was, was pretty great. fun. It was a good game though, man. Like I got pretty upset, um, you know, and I was just at that point where I was going to fucking let everybody know what was going on. And uh, I got a couple of laughs though. I got a couple of good laughs from the section. Yeah, well, even the the one sense fan sitting in front of you there was getting a kick out of uh, oh, he some loved of the it. commentary, and you guys were going back and forth. Yeah, I, ended up, I gave him a dip. He no, wanted we, he wanted a dip, so oh, yeah. I, I gave him an apple dip, and it was all good. We had a really fun time. Though. It was I, fun. I, like the, the atmosphere was incredible. Don't get me wrong. Um, I guess it was a bit of a letdown. Obviously, not getting the result you wanted. You're hoping it's the other way around, and we get to celebrate a lot of goals. Um, you know, I, Matthews Nylander played pretty well for me. Uh, Riley as well, um, and I think the numbers would confirm that. And, uh, yeah, I was just, I was hoping for a little better. Um, hopefully they're a lot better on the 30th when they're coming back to Ottawa. Yeah. You're going I'm again. Going eh? to that one again. I think I'm going to have, so. I'm going to have to shell out and go. Well, cause you just, you want, you're wanting more after that, yeah. that last display. And I it think. should be Fred. Yeah, I believe so. Not that it really matters right now. Unless they decide to rest him down <laughs> the stretch. It doesn't matter who plays right now. They're getting fucking six on us. Yeah, yeah. No kidding, eh? So, obviously, the Leafs go back at it tonight. But you're right, Lesko. I remember you said one thing that was really, uh, really, uh, you know, perked my mind was that I said to you and Lee, Lee being the our third guy, I said to you guys, why did I have so much fun at that loss? I, I don't understand how I had such a great time at one of the worst games ever, but I left the building and was fucking, I had a fun yeah. time. I didn't care. Yeah, you were, know. you were right. You nailed it on the head. It was the amount of fans. Yeah. It just made it easier because yeah. we were all kind of like, Oh, too bad. And there wasn't enough sense fans to be like, fuck yeah, you, yeah. suck our dicks. Fuck the Leafs. Yeah, there was no, fuck the well, Leafs. there was no, none of those <laughs> Leafs suck chants. Like there wasn't enough sense fans around you to, to make it. you yeah. feel bad when they scored. Yeah. It was like everyone around you was feeling the same way. Actually, when they did score, it was funny because I remember looking around the building. I was scanning around the building, looking around, and I couldn't really see very many like, you know, areas where people were fucking cheering and partying because they just scored outside of that one section that's like a dedicated sends fan uh section oh yeah outside of that section where they have flags and everything else and a guy dressed up as an idiot like outside of that section there was nothing yeah there was so, no go sends go in that building no. and like hey the fans i like i always say this but some of the best leaf fans are the ones in this area because they you know they fill that building they come out hard i mean it was a uh, it was a great as- atmosphere, especially early on when you know the goalies goes chants are going and people are right fired up and yeah uh, there was a lot of excitement in the building for sure. So you know, 
obviously disappointing result and I don't even know what that was in terms of a game and it it's I said after the game it was almost unsurprising because we had experienced similar play uh in the week prior uh some games where they just they didn't look like they had it and they weren't going to get it either well it hasn't been good I mean we'll cover that uh later in our leaf segment but I mean I think leaf fans around around uh the hockey universe are realizing now that you know the team the team has some holes yeah, I mean, we all we all knew it going in. We knew that there was an issue on the blue line. Dubas addressed it with Muzzin, and you know, of course, we've got injuries, and you're not going to blame you're not going to blame the, the team for for some poor play uh, as far as the injuries are concerned. But I just don't see an effort that I like to see, and we'll see if we see it here on the uh, second half of yeah. back to backs against Buffalo. But uh, yeah, let's 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 dive into the Leafs a little bit later. Um, so follow us on Twitter at PuckPod. Uh, you can find the uh, station or the podcast. Uh, Twitter handle at Coleman42 is myself and at Lesko Adam uh, on Twitter. So follow us and uh, I'll make sure to, uh, you know, throw out some how to pick up women at hockey games. Tips. <laughs> <laughs> now you're an expert. Eh? All you single guys out there. All right. So where are we headed, man? You want to take a quick look at the standings or do you want to dive right into some stories? Let's get here? right in here. Uh, uh, let's get into uh, the news notes from around the okay. boards here. Um, and I think we can touch on the standings as we go throughout. Yeah, good point. Because um, things are starting to narrow down here. We're right down the stretch. Uh, I know a couple of the teams that are sitting on the outside looking in uh, are down to like one and two percent chances. Those are like the Phillies of the world um but I, well, one of the things i wanted to bring up off the top was carrie price passing jock plant for first all time in wins that's three uh 315 for montreal uh that's a phenomenal record given the story franchise that the montreal canadians are some of the the great goaltenders that have been through there: patrick waugh Jacques plant ken dryden to name a few uh that's that's a pretty prestigious title to hold i mean i know he hasn't got that ultimate prize, and I'm sure that's all he really cares cares about. But uh, it's, this is unsurprising because you knew he was going to stay there, and he was the kind of goaltender you build a team around. Well, you know, it's it's great for Carey Price coming off a, a subpar season uh, where he gets uh, 16 victories uh, through 49 starts. Um, you know, now through 58 starts this year, he has 30 wins already, so he's nearly doubled his total in only a handful of more games played. I mean, the guy is absolutely, he's an absolutely incredible goaltender. Um, I would, I have been saying for many, many years, probably since around 2010, maybe 2011, after, you know, Carey Price had, had established himself as a bona fide starter, 2011, 2012. As of around that moment in time, he became officially my, not, not my favorite goaltender, but the, my best goaltender. Like when you ask me the question, who do you want yeah. in net? I want Carey Price. Yeah. All the time, every time. Don't even ask me questions. And we've seen a lot of them too, not just uh, in the net for Montreal, but obviously at the international level for Canada. And he's been nothing but brilliant in, in those situations for uh, Team Canada as well. Um, you know, everyone talks about the calmy Price, right? The calmness that he... Cool as a cucumber. Yeah, he just he's so casual in the net. And, you know, and to go beyond hockey and off the ice, I mean, he's an incredible person as well. He does a lot of work with First Nations and promoting uh, right. promoting some of uh, their causes. And I know that he's, uh, you know, a really big guy. I, that video came out recently as well where he, he met with that kid, that tearjerker. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So he's just that was a tear. He's a good guy, and congratulations to him because uh, that's that's no easy feat. You know, one of the other things I I really respect about Carey Price, and 
I don't really think that this is necessarily something that he has control over per se. But when I look at his DB page here, you know how many teams I see on this DB page? Three. Yeah. So, and one of them is the AHL affiliate. So technically it's only two. Yeah. It's two organizations. That's right. Three squads. So he plays for the Tri-City Americans in the WHL through uh, from 02 to 07. Then he uh, makes the jump to the AHL uh, Hamilton Bulldogs, the AHL franchise uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, plays two games there. Then he makes a jump, plays 41 games uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, so he kind of established himself there. Then he was uh, back and forth the, the following year, uh, 10 games in the A. But, like, he, he, he just... Um, what am I trying to say here? Like he's he's just a, a rock solid guy that you can just count on. You you write his name in fucking stone on the wall because he's there. Yeah, he's not getting moved around. He's obviously not a bad guy in the room or anything like that. Uh, and he's a phenomenal goaltender. I really love how he handles the puck. One of my favorite things about him is how easily and how uh, smoothly he makes it look to handle pucks. And then there I am out on fucking Tuesday night. Can't even raise the puck. <laughs> Can't even raise it. Not as easy as he makes it look, eh? Well, he, everything he does, he makes it look relatively easy. And sure, he had he had he had a rough go last yeah, season. Yeah, last season, but coming off of injury as well, and the whole team had a, not hundred percent. And yeah, the team, uh, a lot of that, his numbers, I believe, last year were also a reflection of that what that team was, uh, which was not very good. So no, nine hundred save percentage. So yeah, exactly. You're not going to get too 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 far with uh, with stats like that. So, but yeah, back at it this year, and obviously, what are they right now? One point out. Is that how it is? They're knocking right on the doorstep. Yeah, they won. Uh, I know they went Columbus. cold. I know they went cold for a little while um, in the the last few weeks, kind of, and a tough time to do it. But they've managed to hang around. They're just one point out behind Columbus right now, and yeah, two wins in the. I last mean, there's five. there's two teams that I would think desperately want to make the playoffs this year. So it's going to be very interesting down the stretch. And Carolina's looking potentially at a reach for both of them, actually, uh, based on their recent play and where they're sitting in the standings just ahead of those guys. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, after Carolina beats uh, the Penguins in the shootout, Mm -hmm. you're talking three-point game, and the extra point went to the wrong team, right? Like, if it's a three-point game, you want Pittsburgh to win that game, not fucking Carolina. But then Carolina wins the game, and they they actually close the gap on Pittsburgh. With yeah, that, with that extra point, right. so it doesn't help uh, the teams on the outside looking in, namely Montreal, obviously only down by one point. Philly, as you mentioned, uh, hovering uh, what around a couple of percent, two yeah. percent, three percent chance for yeah. them to make. They're out by six points, um, so it's not looking very uh, likely for the Mont- or for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, I should say. Uh, the Canadians are pretty much the one squad. Um, that that's alive over there. If you flip over to the West, you probably have what two teams that are alive. You got Colorado and Mini. Uh, I think at this point, let's go. I would be saying that Chicago is a is a long shot. Yeah, they're a no guy for me, dog. Yeah, and I mean, we were saying no guy for them like just a yeah. couple of months ago. It's down to Colorado, <laughs> Minnesota, and Arizona. I figured for that last spot. Yeah, yeah. So there's well, if you count Arizona as being in because they are currently. There's basically between the two conferences, there's three teams yeah. that are hoping to make it. Montreal, Minnesota, and Colorado. Mm-hmm. So Montreal, Minnesota down by one point, Colorado down by two. It's going to come right down to game 82, man. Now, is there one team, like say in the Eastern Conference, like basement right now, or like basically anyone out of the playoffs or, you know, I guess beyond Montreal because I'm not sure if they're going to make it. But if, is there one of those teams that you would pick to say, I beginning of the season, I thought they'd be in? 
Um, I would say to you, Buffalo. I was high on the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. I was. I'm not afraid to admit it. People have been high on them for uh, a couple of years now. And I would I've say never just really last year for me. Into it. Just the beginning of last year for me, I was going in, I was thinking, you know what? I'm kind of afraid of these guys because yeah. they're they're in our division. They're right up the road from us. They always play us tough. Playing them tonight. Playing them tonight, yep. In their barn. Going to be a lot of Leaf fans there too. Yeah. But in all honesty, they, they play us really difficult and – you know, I know that they had Eichel out for a pretty, uh, a pretty extensive period, um, but yeah, I just you know they got Risto back there, they got Darlene back there. Um, you know, they've got they've got the players, they've got the personnel. Yeah. It's going to come for them, I think, for sure. It's just not right now. Do you think their patience is wearing thin down in Buffalo? Oh, I imagine if you're the fans, you've been through a lot of shit over the last. Would you not have thought you know, that this 10, was 15. the year? I would think that they're on the right track. I not still, the year I, to win. I still didn't wasn't quite high on them and looking at the the playoff teams and projected playoff teams. I still didn't think they were there, but they're definitely on the, on the right track. They've got some talent and some franchise guys to build the build that team around. So for me, it's Philly. I mean, I, and yeah. I've talked about this lots this year, how they're not as bad on paper as it turns out, you know, the record suggests, but, uh, you know, you, you can't go through the, the slump they went through and expect to, uh, I mean, they were fortunate, I think, to even have a shot down the stretch. I mean, like in September, if I would have thrown a bet at you that, Hey, let's go. I bet you that Wayne Simmons is going to be traded. You would have taken that bet all day. Yeah, of course. No fucking way. Even though he's UFA, you'd be like, oh, okay, he's UFA. No way. Yeah, Philly's the only reason why I've said, I would say yes, just because it's been rumored that he's been a, a movable piece for a while. Okay, I like see. That's, a, that's been a story going back last year. But even, I mean, if, so. they're, if they're second in the division and playing real well. Then right, yeah, there's not, not a chance you, you no keep him, right? Yeah. No way. So, um, okay, what do you think is going to happen with Jeff Skinner? Uh, they got to pay him, man. You got to keep that guy around. You want he wants he wants. I don't know stay. if he wants. No, but to sorry, stay. I meant you want him to stay in Buffalo. Well, yeah, I mean, if if, and fan, if you're, if you're Buffalo fan. Buffalo Sabers, I mean, you you haven't had somebody put up goals like that in a while. So and and they you know they did well on that trade. So they got to do everything they can to keep that guy in the fold. It's going to be an interesting off season. Yeah, absolutely. In many ways, with all these RFA's yeah. and UFA's, absolutely. Some contracts about to be some money about to be spent on some players. That's right. You got some interesting ones like Line A. I yeah. mean, what's Line A going to get? There's tons of it's them, man. That's going to be a tough there. negotiation. That is yeah. going to be tough. And I was just talking to some of my Leaf buddies uh, <laughs> yesterday. I I hadn't really been overly concerned, Lesko, but I'm kind of concerned now about the Mitch Marner situation. I, I don't know why, but there was a part of me before that was just like, you know what? The Nylander thing isn't going to happen with Mitch. It's just not. And now I don't really know why, but something has come over me over the last little while. Maybe it's the negative energy with the team not playing great. But I've realized now over the last couple weeks or so that I am nervous about it. And that's understandable, but I, I haven't had time to think about it, I think, with so much going on with the team. And well, then the I'm getting raw emotion from you right now. Maybe. What like, do you think? What do I think about it? Like, do I think it's going to go potentially the way of Nylander or uh, overall, what do you think about the Marner negotiations? It's going to be tough your, because there's feelings. Like I'm nervous a, about it. I mean, he's the type of guy that if you had the gates cap space, you give him whatever he asked yes, for. Right. But you don't, but you don't. So it's going to be tough. I just don't, I don't see it going the way of Nylander, which would be the highest level of concern. I think for right. us. Yeah. Because just because look what how it affected Nylander's play and his even his position on the team like yes. it, it, he just worked his way back up to Matthew's line, 
in, and, in March. Yeah, I don't think you want to go go through that. And it took him about six weeks to get going. And you just saw the way he was he was treated. He was treated pretty tough. I mean, he was treated similar to, say, Marner was at points last year. Yeah. Uh, by yeah, the good, coach. Good right? comparison. Yeah. So I, I think you're a gamer if you're if you're Marner and you you want to at least play. So not saying it's going to be an easy negotiation. I just don't see it going going awry kind of like Nylander's did. All right. Well, good tidbits. That was a little bit of a blind side on you, but uh, I like how you handled it. Um, all right. Moving on. Um, we covered the stand. We covered the playoffs. Uh, well, here, let's actually just quickly give the listeners a, a rundown on what the playoff matchups currently sit at uh, here on March 20th with about whatever it is, 10 games to go. Um, so in the East right now, we got Tampa Columbus. Uh, we got Tampa in four on that one. I think let's go. Yeah. Boston and Toronto, as of right now, I got Boston in five. I'm not making calls on that one. <laughs> Washington, <clears throat> excuse me, Washington versus Carolina. I like that matchup. I think that's an interesting matchup. It'll be a good series. I got Washington going through there. Uh, Islanders and Pittsburgh. I love this matchup. I don't even know why, but I fucking love this Islanders-Pittsburgh potential matchup that we might have. Be a good series. I think it would be because you got yeah. a team like Pittsburgh who in the past in the playoffs has shown that they will just score and let you score and then score and then let you score. Yeah. But the Islanders don't play that. They don't play those games. Yeah, they play shutdown. They hockey. play shutdown, right? Who's going to start in the playoffs for the Islanders? Grace or Leonard? It's got to be Leonard. Fuck, it's got to be Grace. Leonard just got lit up. He's your guy, though. Leonard just got lit up. Yeah, but is he the guy there, like, split the starts? Yeah, I know, but they've been doing that for a while, and I think they're just, that's just been the philosophy. But my philosophy is if Grice doesn't step up when Leonard goes down, if Grice doesn't yeah. step up over the last couple of weeks, they Grice might be Grice has had the opportunity to, to seize a starting job over the last few years, and he hasn't taken it, so I don't think he's considered a starter. I think it's a Grubauer-Holtby situation yeah. that we saw last year with the Washington Capitals, and everybody was surprised could, to see Grubauer Could be, start. but you know, Leonard's got the numbers to back him up. All right, quick rundown. Out west, we got Calgary versus Arizona, the Sea of Red versus the Whiteout which I think would be kind of interesting. I got... Uh, Arizona still doing the whiteout? I think they are, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't That'd know It would be interesting I, if they played the Jets because then... Whiteout versus whiteout. White out, yeah. White out, yeah. I don't know who I'd have coming out of that playoff matchup, man, if Calgary does play Arizona. I'm almost leaning towards Arizona and I feel badly about it because Calgary gets zero respect. Yeah, Calgary gets it done because of experience. I give them the edge. All right. Then we got San Jose versus Vegas. Great series there. I'd probably have Vegas coming out of that one. That's an incredible series. Incredible That's a series. tough one to call. Uh, Winnipeg versus Dallas. I like Winnipeg in that one. And Nashville versus St. Louis. And if, if we're all going to bitch about the playoff format, I don't disagree with you, but I love a Nashville-St. Louis uh, matchup, and you wouldn't get that unless you had this format. So um, they're only three hours away from each other. You've got the Smashville with the country, right, versus St. Louis uh, Blues, the city of the Blues. Uh, so I think that's really cool. You have like a little bit of a musical aspect, I guess, to those two teams because you know they're going to start chanting things, and the Blues like to chant. Um, when they do the bell, they do the ding, ding, and they count it one two, three, like each goal that they score, they count it afterwards. And I think it's amazing. And then Nashville, when they score, they do the, it's all your yeah, fault. Yeah. They're, they're wild fans. It was so like, that's a phenomenal series in terms of the two fan bases. Yeah. That's, and they're not that far away as if my U.S. Yeah, uh, yeah, geography three hours. is correct. Yeah, yeah, three hours. 
So I think that's pretty sweet. So there's your current matchups. We'll have a quick look at those as the weeks go by. What is it, like three weeks to playoffs? Let's go. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, pro- we'll probably have two more pods. Second week of April, I think. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have two more pods before the playoffs. So we'll give you a little rundown on on, uh, on the playoff matchups and how they're shaping out and who gets eliminated. Oh, as of right now, by the way, uh, we've got Jersey, Detroit, Ottawa, and LA are the four teams are, that are eliminated. No I believe, surprises there. Yeah, no surprises there. And I believe Ottawa was eliminated December 8th. So, Jesus, <laughs> I'm not actually serious. <laughs> I didn't it was, think so. It was more recent than it's that. It's almost believable. So. It is almost believable. Okay, so where where are we headed to here? Another team that's on the outside looking in with. Uh, oh no, sorry. Um, that, uh, well, we'll do McDavid then. Team on the outside looking in, uh, but McDavid reaches the century mark uh, in points. Third third season in a row for that. Pretty phenomenal for the uh, number 97 out in, out west. Again, uh, no surprises there. I just it really put it into perspective for me though when I saw it, he had reached it in 66 games, and I was like, I got to pull up McDavid's DV and just like have a quick look and just just phenomenal numbers. And if he's putting up these kind of years, you know, in his you know, as a teenager and in his early 20s, boy oh boy, can't wait to see what else he's going to do down the road. You know, he's pissed about that 2013 2014 se- uh, season with Erie when he only got 99 points in 56 games. Like a loser. (laughs) (laughs) You know what the worst part about it is, though? So that would have been a year where he went and played World Juniors. Yeah. So he only played 56. He got hurt that year, too, because he broke his hand fighting. Yeah, he only played 56 games. Wait, are you sure that that was the season that he broke his hand? I don't know how many games they play in the O, so. I think they play 63. Yeah, that could have been that year. I don't know. Either way, he only played 56 games, so he's probably thinking, man, if I would have played one more game, we would have got a hundy. Uh, but yeah, you're right. 105 points as we as we speak right now through 69 games, giggity. Uh, 108 points last year and an even hundred. Um, his second uh, his second season in the NHL. Yeah. Sky's you know, the limit, especially you can find him some damn line mates, right? You know what was a real um, letdown a little bit, Lesko? When I really think about it here, the his his rookie season was the. Uh, was the season where obviously he was uh, he was injured heavily, right? And he missed so many games. Yeah, you know he got forty eight points in forty five games, and I remember I was like fully on board the McDavid being in the NHL and it being exciting and yeah. look at this guy, uh, and then he gets hurt. Yeah, it's, it's bad for the league, and it's it it's, sucked. And, you know, and I I said it earlier in the year too when Matthews was on a torrent play, pace and he hurts his shoulder, just a a big killer for like. You know, guys, guys who love the stats, right? You love yeah. to see like, oh, because you know, before the season, when we're like, oh, he can score forty or maybe fifty, you know, like you, you miss out on those milestones, I guess. Uh, you know, even if your points per game is through the roof and you're still having a phenomenal year and you're on pace for, on pace for is not the same as actually getting it, right? Yeah, that's right. You're right, and the, and and on pa- <laughs> and on pace for X amount of points doesn't always get you in the playoffs. That's right, either, uh, which is what he's going through right now. So. Uh, flipping over to a, a team uh, in a much better position, we've got the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins with one of their superstar forwards, Evgeny Malkin, uh, reaching the 1,000-point uh, plateau. And, I mean, let's go. We've always said this. Uh, 1,000 games, 1,000 points, 1,000 assists, 1,000 of anything in this league is is just remarkable. And you really got to tip your cap uh, to a guy like Evgeny Malkin, uh, for a thousand points in his career, uh, a lot of injury trouble for Evgeny Malkin as well uh, throughout his career. So an absolutely uh, remarkable statistic for him to get to one thousand and one points through eight hundred and fifty regular season games. That's the most incredible part for me is when you actually have a look at the games played uh, to those points. I mean that's a that's phenomenal, and I mean 
Evgeny Malkin, uh, he's, he was built for the game. I mean, he's, he's a big guy. He's got it all. He's got incredible hands. And he's played on strong teams for uh, the better part of his career. So that also helps you in the stat department as well. Um, first ballot Hall of Famer, though, no? Like, instantly. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You got Con Smythes. You got fucking Cups. You, uh, he's got to have other rewards, too. A uh, uh, couple bronze well. medals there yeah. with Russia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no doubt. So if you want to compare um, the... Uh, so Evgeny Malkin, uh, second round pick, or second overall pick in the first round uh, by the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2004. The number one pick in that uh, entry draft was Alex Ovechkin. Uh, a little bit of a, you might know him, plays for the Washington Capitals, pretty good goal scorer. Um, 1,204 points Ovi has through 1,075. So, I mean, like, they're they're pretty comparable. Like, it's not yeah. like night and day there, you know? And I think a guy like Malkin, uh, obviously, you know, we touched on it already, but if you're able to uh, have that guy playing at, at full capacity and not missing games, um, I mean, he'd just be even more light. Yeah. But that's the nature of sports. He's been one of the best players in the league, like, running on a decade now, and you... Uh, I mean, I know he's had little bits of injury trouble here and there, but he always just seems to come back and be fine. Like, I, you never hear, like, oh, Malkin slumping, Malkin this, is he over the hill, blah, blah, blah. I mean, right, yeah. nothing like that. And, like, just now when you talked about the draft positioning, when, when or if ever will we see, you know, a one-two Russian combo like that? Yeah, that'd be cool. And then looking at it down the road, seeing, like, this ended up being, you know, not just two of the best players, of their draft year, but two of the yeah. best players of all time. Of all time. But yeah. they had beef, though. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Remember when they had beef? Like, they had fucking... They're like Russian rivals. They had big beef. Oh, and then really? it, And it was a big thing. I wish I had an article on it. I could have posted yeah. it, but I, we, I didn't know we would get here. But, yeah, I mean, they had a big rift, the, the two of them, man. Like, they did not get along. There was near fights in the NHL. There was, like, spearing penalties on each other and shit. And I think in their interviews, they used to say things against one another. And it like was... Like that broken English. Well, yeah, exactly. And it was kind of a big deal. And then it got it got all washed away the year that they both went to the All Star game. And Malkin, if you remember, he put like all the props. Oh, on. and when he wore like the cowboy he, hat, he and put the sunglasses, the cape. yeah, and he all put that. Yeah, Malkin yeah. put the cape on. So they're Ovechkin. buddies eventually. Then he put the sunglasses on, and it was kind of like a hey, we're coming out to the world to announce here that we're we're good. Yeah, we're not fucking enemies anymore. Um, just quickly, we were. I was mentioning that. Uh, Malkin obviously has some awards, but I didn't know what they were. So he won the Calder uh, in his rookie year. He's got two Art Ross trophies, a Conn Smythe, a Hart Memorial, and a Ted Lindsay. Yeah. How about that for a fucking trophy shelf? No problem. First ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, where are we headed next, my man? Uh, you want to hit up that player poll? Um Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, right on. So the NHLPA released uh, their version, I guess I should say, of the uh, NHLPA player poll. They do it every year. Um, the Athletic, uh, we touched on an article. Uh, you, you, you found the article before, eh, on mm-hmm. The Athletic. You're, being, you're a paid subscriber, so I expect you to find those yeah. things. <laughs> um, yeah, so The Athletic did one. It was pretty similar, right? Like, they had a lot of the same yeah, questions. Yeah, a lot of the same questions and yeah. similar results, actually. The uh, the Athletic poll actually came up with a uh, few different ones. It'd be interesting to pull them both up and compare right. them. I, I don't have the other one handy, but do you want to fire through this and just... Uh, just name like you know the top guy and maybe make a pick or yeah yeah sure so well basically the most important point I had um, throughout the whole uh, article was that McDavid uh, basically had a clean sweep uh, of of all the major questions or major categories which are uh, best player most difficult player to play against 
and the player that you would start a franchise with. So yeah. David won all three of those, edging out Crosby in in all three. See, I agree with the latter two. It's the first one that is who is the best forward. Because and I'm glad they kept that simple. Because if you would have said who's the best all around forward, I think Sid would have taken that. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you, and I think the results speak for themselves. Connor at 63, uh, and Crosby at 17 yeah. percent of the yeah. vote. So you're right. I think in that the results show actually reflect that uh, mm-hmm. as well. So um, yeah. Uh, furthermore, to it, uh, there was 500 uh, NHL players that were uh, that were polled. Um, so obviously skills, like you mentioned, best forward was, uh, was Connor McDavid, uh, best defenseman was the reigning Nor- Norris trophy winner, uh, Victor Hedman with, uh, just over 31% of the vote and, uh, Drew Doughty was actually uh, second place on that yeah. list, albeit having a tough season. What I like about this man is th- this isn't like us this isn't me and you, this isn't the, no, it's the guys who play these guys. Yeah. It's yeah the guys that's that the best play. part about these polls. So it's. You know, I mean, a lot. Not a lot of it is surprising in in any way, um, but it's just good to get you know something like a sample of, of of opinion, right? I'd like to know exactly how. I'd like to know how the results are uh, accumulated. Like, how are they obtained? They probably just send them like a email with a poll in it or a, a link or something. Do like you think that. it's multiple yeah. choice? Or do you think you have to type? You might in, have to write in or like select in, from a drop down from sort a drop of thing. Because yeah. I'm noticing here on some questions, for example, um, you know, best forward. Okay, that we already said McDavid won. Um, total votes 517. Yeah, so not everybody voted on everything. On everything, yeah, because yeah. maybe they just couldn't, you know, pick someone or okay. you know, didn't really know. I, I'd like to know. I'd like to ask a few of the upper echelon uh, superstars in this league. Um, the same question as I would ask a fourth liner that was pulled. How much do you care about this interview? I want to know if you are like, oh, fuck this. No, this again, Kate. Yeah, Daddy, yeah. Fucking Crosby, fucking, you know, or. You're actually like, putting thought into yeah. it. Yeah. Are you on a plane? Are you bored? And you're going to get to that interview or that, that uh, poll. You know, they might say, okay, guys, listen, I know you don't want to do it every year, but we get 500 guys. I mean, that's almost the whole league, Lesko. Yeah. The league is like what, seven hundred and thirty players, seven hundred fifty players yeah. now with Vegas. So like, it's soon going to be nearly eight hundred guys. This is almost the entire fucking league yeah. answering the questions. Yeah. So I, I just would like to know if they're actually interested in answering them or if they're like annoyed. I would think a, a you know, a, I'd say majority probably are enjoying it. Enjoying it. All right. Yeah. Well, let's keep going on because I'm enjoying it. So best goalie um, off. Without looking at it, you probably already have, and you're probably looking at it right now, but what would you have said? Best goalie? I'd have to stick with Carey Price because I think he's the de facto, and he's the one who, who won the poll. And that's what I would have went yeah. with as well. I just don't know if everyone would He seems would like an there. easy answer because it's like there's Carey Price, and then I feel like there's the tier below that has the, the remaining guys on this list, Pecorini, Vasilevsky, Marc-Andre Fleury. But Vas, man. I mean, like I feel like Vas... Vasilevsky should have been but up there maybe higher. Just watching season. him play, like, and I hadn't, I watched Tam play here and there, but especially in his performances against the Leafs this year, he's been unbelievable. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm talking like, like that game where they beat them four nothing earlier in the season could have easily been five four Leafs or a tie game or anything, and he made ridiculous saves. And I mentioned on the show before when we did a recap of that game. They're like I. It's one of the better goaltending performances I had seen. Yeah, you know, I was interested to look at the stats on this one too, Lesko, because this was the one question that had the most variance in terms of other candidates that weren't named. Mm-hmm. So you had Carey Price at twenty nine percent, that almost thirty percent, and 
I'm not going to read you the top five. Well, it's Rene, Vasilevsky, Fleury, Bobrovsky. I'm not going to read you the percentages. But Bobrovsky's percentage is just under 5%, mm. which means there's 24% other candidates. Yeah, so a bunch of guys under 5%, which... Were voted you know, in, I yeah. Got, I got to figure, like, maybe Hellebuck got some votes. Frederick yeah. Anderson, possibly. That's what I was Hendrick wondering. Hendrick Lundqvist, possibly. I mean, yeah. there's a few other guys. Jonathan Quick's another one who actually... Sh- Pulled higher in the athletic poll. Yes, um, I, yeah, I remember like that. Third or yeah. something or fourth. Garrett Sparks. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next one. Who has the best shot in the NHL? This one's a no-brainer and actually was one of the highest margins we've seen in this poll. Fifty percent saying Alex Ovechkin. Half you, the league. How do you disagree with that? Half the league. I was really excited to see Poppy on that list. Yeah. Honorable mention: Shea Austin Weber, Matthews, Patrick yeah. Line, Austin Matthews, Stephen Stamkos. Which again, it's hard to hard to argue with those guys. But only like barely two percent for Stammer. Well, I. I I just think it's uh, when you fifty percent of the votes are getting eaten up. <laughs> yeah, then, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah, right. There's not okay. a lot of depth. Now this okay. one is. I know this one's often hotly debated, but it's who is the most underrated player? Uh, number one was Alexander Barkov. I'm not sure if he's still underrated because I think the I conversations just, yeah. about him being underrated has brought him to more the, to the rated to the area. Forefront. <laughs> he's yeah, rated think, now. Yeah, I think he's more rated. Yeah, I think you yeah, got to yeah. look further to find these underrated guys because even here nicholas backstrom is he really underrated well well backstrom has been playing the barkov game for longer than barkov. i guess and, and maybe in the situation of backstrom you think like well vet gets all the tension big right? shadow yeah so so i understand it from that point of view my pick in, out of this entire one would have been braden point i probably yeah. would have chose braden point from 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 the word go yeah because i did i think between kucherov uh, you know, and Stamkos and Headman and all the talent that they have out there. I know he's not flying under the radar because he's getting a ton of fucking points. Mm. But I just don't think that people really flip the page to a Braden point. Like in your playoff pools, uh, as they come up, your fantasy playoff pools, when you start doing them in two, two and a half weeks or three weeks, everyone's going to go Kucherov, probably the first guy off the board. I might want to take Braden point second. When I think most pools would probably go stammer. Yeah, he drops stammer, especially right? if you're not following super closely or anything. Yeah. But I like I like that that list. I like. I mean, I I just I don't think Barkov needs to be at the at the at the top of the list because I agree with you uh, in saying that you know. But the players have spoken. So we already talked about uh, McDavid winning the most difficult player to play against. Yeah, and and to add to that category as well, um, I understand why I picked McDavid because obviously the guy who can skate faster than everyone else is going to be one of the most difficult players (laughs) and with the skill set he has. But I'd put put, uh, Patrice Bergeron up there as well. I know he got 9% of the vote, but man, Mm -hmm. holy shit. Like, talk about a guy who owns the ice both ends and like, his face off he's one of the best face off men his possession numbers he can score he can defend yeah you he know, does he, it all he does it all right yeah he really does it all he even has like a slight physical edge to his game it's not huge no but he, but he, he protects his the weight puck around, well yeah. and he's yeah. not afraid to to muck around a little bit if need be so then we already covered the start of franchise with that one was huge 60% yeah. and that's an easy one yeah, yeah 60% of the nhl austin matthews uh fallen in third place though yeah he got to be up there right yeah, i like that Galisco. go um, this one was my favorite one. Who's the game's best trash talker? Uh, 21% of the vote, it was Marshan. Uh, and then Brett, uh, sorry, not Brett Burns, uh, Drew Doughty uh, coming in, in second place, which I thought was very fitting because if I had to think about two guys, it would probably be those two guys. Um, I know you have a couple other guys that you like too. 
Yeah, well, I mentioned uh, when we were talking about it off air, Claude Giroux. Yeah, I mean, Giroux, yeah. I think because he's been in a lot of winter classics there, you, <laughs> you can see like the the Road to Lumera Classic and how much beacon he actually does. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's goddamn hilarious, right? And Doughty's another one. You can see him beacon a lot on the ice and in and, and some of those, uh, those, um, Road to the Winter Classics uh, that they were involved in as well. And I really like all the uh, pictures that they found. They, yeah, they seem to have all ones of chirping. people chirping. Yeah, except <laughs> yeah. I doubt he's wearing a hat in his. So, oh, it's not the All Star Game that one. Okay. Oh right, yeah. I yeah, thought yeah. it was maybe like post cup win yeah, or something. Yeah, good point. But, um, and what, so the next one was even better. Was the uh, worst worst trash talker. And that also went to Brad Marchand. Yeah, so that's a really perspective thing. Eh? Like, if if you either it's like you like Brad Marchand or you hate Brad Marchand, maybe dictated how you voted in that. Well, we were talking about it off air, right? Like, it's it it leads me to believe that the these two particular questions were answered with honesty and with emotion, because what one guy thought was funny, the other guy might not think is funny. So, no, that was dumb. I think that was a lame chirp. So I'm going to say he's terrible because yeah. that one time he chirped me and it was terrible. But his other teammate who's answering this confidentially also is like, oh, I remember when he chirped that guy and yeah. I thought that was hilarious. This is one you know? of the ones, like the best and worst chirper. I'd like to see the other votes because there was a lot of them. So I would Oh, my like, God. Yeah, you're yeah, right. There's a lot of them, Yeah, right? 68%. Like, yeah, wow. and then on the previous was 53%, 272 votes. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to, to hear what uh, – what more guys and you know we said this lots of times before, but I would pay good money to listen to uncensored hockey without commentary. Just listen, mic'd up on the ice. So who would you pay good money to listen to on television if there was a player that uh, wanted to join the TV broadcast booth once they were done? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna like defer to the poll here. PK Subban's is a pretty obvious one. Guys, it's a good answer. The, the guys answered character. it right. They yeah. got these questions right. Yeah, the other <laughs> one I I point to is Ryan Reeves. I don't know if you caught him on Spit and Chicklets though, and he he's uh, he he's a beauty. Like he's a good guy to listen to, and uh, I thought he was uh, he brought a lot to the table, and he's definitely a guy who I could see like falling into some kind of media oriented role if he so chooses to do so after his career. So here's a question that I had for you that was generated when I read this poll. Do you believe that any players in the league actually participate in fantasy pools? I'm going to say no because they just don't have the time. Yeah, okay, good point. I know they're all they're really big in fantasy football, though. Yes, they are. Yeah, a lot of them so, are. Th- but that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, there's got to be a couple of guys out there. That yeah, are, I wonder like, if it's harder let's, let's for you a, as a player, let's too, start a Yahoo pool. biases. You yeah, know? let's start a Yahoo pool with me and, like, just a couple guys. Well, we won't even fucking tell anybody. <laughs> we'll have fun with it. Because, and the reason why I ask you this is because one of the questions was, who would make the best NHL general manager once they yeah. retire? Crosby won one. And, and, I mean, that's probably just because recency bias and he's an amazing player. But... I'm looking at some of the guys on here, like Brooks Orpik, Derek Stepan. Yeah. Well, I thought the second one was interesting. Jason Spezza with 4.8% just below They're, they're all interesting. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know if it's just uh, Spezza's demeanor. He just didn't come off as like the, <laughs> the most worldly of dudes or anything. <laughs> well, I think we played a bunch of clips. Yeah, of we, well, we played that. Year. That was yeah. an intro for us one time. Yeah. But that's why I was thinking about that, about fantasy, dude, was because like, you know, these these are uh, confidential votes, and there was just about 300 votes on this question, and there was a variance of over 77%. Yeah. So, so there's like, a lot of people like, yeah. and that might be like deferring to the guy in the room you think could fill the role. Like, well, you got to figure a lot of people, a lot of uh, players voting in this are voting on uh, 
guys in their own room. But that's also kind of why I was thinking about fantasy because you're like, you know what? Like there might be some guys getting votes because they play a little bit of fantasy and a guy like Derek Stepan wins the fantasy pool every fucking year. (laughs) Picks himself. Yeah. (laughs) All right, where are we headed? Do you want to keep going? Uh, or do you want to just post this up and our fucking listeners can uh, continue? Oh, we got a couple more to go here. Right, uh, who's the funniest player was the next one. Keith Yandel. Um, if you're a spit and checklist listener like myself, you probably heard on, him on there quite a few times. Yeah, Very he's entertaining gentleman yeah. and seems to be pretty reputable from from around the league and guys love him and everything. So that's not really surprising there. Um, this one was cool that they featured this. Who's the best current female hockey player? I did like that, yeah. Uh, Hillary Knight taking the taking the crown there with 27% uh, of the vote. Close second, though, is who I would have picked, Marie Poulin, um, Canadian bias mostly. Yeah, sure. I would have thrown a little bit more respect uh, to Amanda to Amanda Kessel's way as well. Yeah. I mean, I like I like what she brings. I like what she brings to the table. I think Kendall Coyne uh, Schofield obviously gets a lot of recognition after her appearance in the All Star game as well. Yeah, uh, not to take anything away from her, like she's great. That's why she was there. But uh, you know, the uh, eyes get opened up a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when, when that happens, become right? a household so, name. Yeah. Uh, the, the last one here, and one of them, probably the most interesting ones was who uh, would you be in favor of a regular season game? And this is similar to the MLB Players Weekend where they put the nicknames on the jerseys instead. And 66% said yes. So I thought that was pretty cool because I know this idea was tossed around since the MLB started doing it. I was actually at one of the Jays games where they did do it. And it was very confusing because I I don't follow ball enough to, to know on the number who they were. Right. And some of their nicknames are way, way out of the left field. Like you don't really know. Yeah. You have no who's idea. Who's who's right. And I don't fall baseball enough to know. Some of them are probably inappropriate. Yeah. yeah probably some of them you couldn't put on a Jersey. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's, that's saying it's like, no, no, not that nickname. What's your other nickname? <laughs> Big Dick Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Pennis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, all right, listen, I will post this uh, poll. Actually, I'm going to post it on the Twitter feed. You guys can check it out. Cause there's more, um, there's like uh, ar- t- arenas and teams where they talk about the best atmosphere. Of course, it's Vegas by a mile. Uh, they talk about the best ice surface. They talk about the best mascot. I think everyone could understand that if that's gritty uh, with 69% yeah. of the vote. Carlton, <laughs> nice. Bear was, Carlton the Bear was in second, though. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. Then they go off the ice. They talk about best dressed players. They talk about best hair in the league, nicknames, favorite sport to play, favorite athlete. Look at Tiger at number one. Yeah. I'm just noticing this for the first time. Fuck, I love Tiger. Uh, anyways, pretty interesting. Really cool. So uh, we're going to post that up on the Twitter page, and uh, and you guys can follow along and maybe send us your thoughts and uh, reactions uh, to the poll on Twitter. Yeah. So uh, I guess one more story from around the boards in the NHL here. Uh, it, it was re- uh, I guess it was revisited because apparently this was a decision he had already made, but Brett Connolly has declined the invitation to the White House for the Washington Capitals visit. Uh, I know that this uh, stemmed back from something that occurred in the summer where he had a conversation with uh, fellow teammate Devontae Smith-Pelly, who for probably very obvious reasons, if you follow anything to do with U.S. politics, uh, would decline that, and he's decided to uh, join him in declining as well. Uh, Obviously, it's becoming a story once again, I think, because that's coming up, I'm assuming, and that's why that's in the news right now. So here's what I thought was interesting. Maybe this is just subpar uh, like editing, I want to say, on the articles part from TSN. But at the, like, at the end of the article, it says, the defending Stanley Cup champions are scheduled to meet with the U.S. President Donald Trump on Monday. 
And Connolly said he will skip the visit in support of teammate Devontae Smith-Pelly. Does that mean that he's only not going because of his teammate? Or does it mean that... I don't know what that means. I think it was an easy answer for him to give without getting into everything. I guess. You know, I think that answer... That answer... Well, who wants... I mean, a lot of these times these guys want to avoid controversy or anything to do with politics for sure because of the kind of shit it conjures up especially him being in you know in washington as it is yeah um i figure it was an easy it's an easy answer and and probably what inspired him in the first place to do it so it's probably the you know probably the correct answer like i don't think he's i don't think it's a smoke screen or anything no right? i mean overall though what do you what do you what do you think about this like if you're gonna ask me about it i'll give you my thoughts quickly just fucking go it doesn't matter who's in it's a it's it's a, it's a tradition with sports. You can just zip your fucking lip. You, maybe you don't have to shake his hand. I don't just go, man. It's just weird. Yeah, just I go. think it really just depends. Like, I mean, some of these guys, all they know is hockey. They don't think beyond the rink, and yeah. they're not like I said, not worldly. They're not they're not reading the news. They don't they don't care who's president, who's this or who's that. Um, obviously, it's hard to ignore some of the Trump shit because it's it's always out there, and and he's. Well, let's he's getting be honest. Memed. He's, he's getting he's memed and everything. Pretty much a fucking retard with some of the shit that comes out of his mouth. So it's it's hard to avoid the, the stories a lot. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna say myself and me being an overly political guy and somebody who follows a lot of this shit. Um. I don't follow American politics as much as I used to because it's it's it'll literally make you mad. Yes. Like especially as a Canadian. That's and, why I don't and watch the news. Being that different. But uh, you know, I don't blame the guy. Like, and if you're a principled at all, like if you're political and you've got like sharp beliefs on this kind of shit. And you're not afraid to rock the boat a little. I'm not surprised that somebody would say, you know, fuck yeah. that. I'm not going there. Because, like, if you're someone who is, who's, you know, especially if you're passionate, and he didn't get into his political leanings or any of that kind of stuff, but, like, being in the same room and just kind of being there buddy-buddy, you know, just does, wouldn't feel good, I think. But So like- I, I totally understand it. And, you know, and but also understand what you're saying about just go, right? Like, suck it up and go. It's a photo op and blah, blah, blah. But... And for a guy like Brett Collins, he's not the captain of the team. He's not the face of the franchise. It's not a. It's not huge a huge ramifications, story. Yeah, it's not yeah. a huge story, right? Like it's 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 pretty minor at this point. And especially given that, I think the you know the whole Golden State Warriors didn't go. Like there's been whole teams who have not gone to the White House, right? Yeah, and and, and, I guess, and yeah, it's becoming more leagues, acceptable. And well, right? and, and especially in leagues where black culture is a lot more prevalent. Yeah, right. So. Again, like I, I, I agree with it only because personally myself, I could see myself doing something similar. See, I agree. I also agree with it. It's not like I'm saying that, you know, this is bad. He's got every right. That's the I, thing, I right? totally agree with that. I just kind of also think that at the end of the day, you're not, you're not going to see the, you know, well, I guess you are going to see the president, but you're not going there to fucking hang out with the guy and no. tell him how much you like him. Right. It's, it's not a Republican Party fundraiser here. No. You're going to the White House and like I said, it's the president, the president, the president, um, you know, Mr. President, all that kind of stuff. Hey, what's up? Yeah. Make, thanks, you know, picture it, of the cup. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense. And I think that's why most of them just say, ah, I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm just going to go. Yeah, because I think that's easier. And they easier. don't really have to answer to this either because, you know, their political beliefs or leanings don't have anything to do with who they are on the ice. But, like, is that not being the better person? Just saying, fuck this, I'm just going to go. I'm not going to fucking be I on guess ESPN so, but some, and fucking New York Times know, and the Washington Post. Oh, this guy's not fucking coming. Yeah, but some some people, though, it's it's 
you know, I think for some people, the right thing is, is standing up for what you believe. Yeah, in. good and I point. Think that's what yeah. probably how he's feeling about that about it, right? But like, what if Donald Trump was a season ticket holder and he loved the team and he was at every game? Would you would you have a problem with him being in the building to watch you play? Well, like, he's still a piece of shit, right? What if he so, came down to the fucking? Room? If you still if you still hate the guy, you hate the guy, right? Or you. You know, yeah. I think I think the whole issue with Trump too is that he transcends not just politics. He, he the kind of effect he's had on culture and and you know I like I said I understand why a black player like Devonte Smith Pelly wouldn't want to go because well, I don't even need to say why it's very clear without getting into it too heavy or more heavy than we already have. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, we're gonna fucking just. I was trying to play you off like the Oscars there. Yeah. So we can move Well, that's, that's the only way on. you get me off politics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, okay, so that'll do it here for POTUS on Sirius XM Radio channel in uh, yeah. 68. We're going to be a fucking CNN <laughs> podcast now. Okay, <laughs> uh, hey, whatever we got to do to get a blue check mark, right? Yeah, sure. So, all right. We're not going to we'll take... Get, we're won't not, be popular with the right wing after that <laughs> one, I don't think. All right. Well, we're not taking a break this week. Uh, we're just going to play, uh, play us right through to Buds All Day. Um, Josh Coleman, Adam Lescu, bringing you the uh, episode 26 of the Pucks in Deep podcast. We're an hour deep. Um, I didn't expect us to get that far deep, Lesko, after, you know. Did we burn an hour already? Yeah, we burned an hour. Holy kind, shit. Kind of a slow week, though. I mean, we spent a lot of time on that on that player poll, but that was fun. Like, that's well, a like, fun. We have a lot of Leafs content because we played so many goddamn games. And when they suck, we have way more to say when yeah, than, well. than earlier in the season when they're good. We're like, how's the Leafs? Nah, they're good. Yeah, and they <laughs> have been sucking. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so follow us on Twitter. Once again, a little shout-out, Coleman42, Let's Go Adam, and Puck Pod. You can find us on Twitter. Um, thanks to our guest last week, Laura Duarte. Oh, yeah, um, she was great. Yeah, that was that was a really good interview, and um, I was really happy to have her on. Definitely uh, coming back. Yeah, good to, talk, sure. good to talk to her. And, um, you know, obviously, I think we're kind of helping each other in that sense, right? Like, she wants to do a little bit of that stuff, so it was nice for her to have uh, a first call in. The second one, uh, you know, when we have her back, it'll be even that much more comfortable and so on and so forth. Um, so that was good, and of course, for us, selfishly, we got a lot of uh, a lot of subsequent listens uh, to the podcast uh, thanks to uh, Laura and her dedicated uh, followers. Yeah, so absolutely. that was nice. So that was really nice. But um, yeah, so thanks again, and uh, I think we're lining something up for next week. Let's go. Uh, so for you listeners out there, um, mark your calendars because uh, I believe next week we're going to have uh, a gentleman on uh, that I know who. Um, does a lot of work with uh, like prospects and also analytics. And I said, man, you got to get on. I said, I need you to come onto the pod and fucking tell me what analytics are. Teach us math. Yeah. Teach me. Because, <laughs> math and stats. Yeah, because I'm going to ask you the questions that guys just like guys and gals just like myself are asking when I see those fucking graphs all the time. I see graphs. I see dots. I see fucking lines, squiggly fucking lines. I see red over here and blue. I like when they put the logos on it. So it's just like, oh, Leafs are here. Good teams are there. All right. I know where we're at. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's going to be pretty exciting. So if you've ever wondered what analytics can do for you, how to pay attention to them, what to ignore, what to pay more attention to specifically, make sure you tune in next week. Um, Cody Jacobs is his name, and uh, I think Cody's going to be bringing us a lot of good insight. I told him to make sure that he can explain analytics 
to a dumbass. Yeah, well, that's that's really the key of it, and it's really useless to the general public unless you can. So, so okay, let's fly right into the Leafs. Right um, on. We already recapped Saturday. Yep, that was fun. Are you going to go off on Sparks? Or are you done with them? I was picking up. All right, uh, Sparks. Yeah, I don't need. I, I don't know. I mean, well, I, it's, I didn't it's like, the post game comments. We I didn't, didn't like talk the comments. I didn't like yeah. the comments. Fucking shut your mouth. Yeah, you're I, terrible. Shut your mouth. It it was it was not a good time to do it because no. it's not like. It's not like he played amazing and they lost because the team in front of him sucked ass. If like you're gonna say, if you're it gonna say it was a team that. effort, but the fact that he he felt the need to to call out the team somewhat it wasn't super aggressive because he started using the word "we" right after. It's like he caught himself. Yeah, but say that, save that for the room. Yes, okay, you got something to say to the boys. Say it to the boys. And they'll either tell you, oh, yeah, you're right, Garrett, or sit down, shut the fuck up, Fuck rookie. off, Garrett. Make you know a save. I mean? Mix one in there. Yeah, exactly. And you can see the body language on the players' faces, especially like we talked about earlier, that five, fifth goal auto scored. They were dejected. Oh, the way that you turn back and yeah. head over to the yeah. fucking bench. Like, now thanks for the minus, you know. But honestly, if he's going to come out and be colorful like that, then you better say that. When you've let in four goals on, on 40, 47 40, shots, yeah, exactly on 40, 50 shots, right? Like that's when you say that it was not a it was not a great night to say that, and it's interesting because we've noticed a few cracks in the PR facade that is the Leafs. Whereas you know Matthews talked about them quitting recently, and uh, you know just being yeah, these, raw and these honest, are not good things. Yeah, and it's not good things to say, but you know I. I I'm not really concerned about the room overall because it seems that most of those guys get along from what I can, what I hear. And that, I agree. Yeah. That they're, you know, there's not really any rifts, but I think that room's getting frustrated for sure. And you can see it on the ice. You can see it in their body language and their facial expressions that they're definitely getting frustrated, but they really just got to stick to the process and, and, and move on because they, they know what they got there. So there's no sense getting bogged down. Sometimes she goes, sometimes she doesn't. Yeah. Last night against Nashville, she didn't go. They played well. But yes, they, but they couldn't bury, right? Yeah. No, that's I mean, you run into a hot goalie sometimes. We saw that with obviously we talked about it earlier with Vasilevsky. Yeah, about Pacarina, man, you know? like he was phenomenal last night. I know he's not having the best year this year, but he he made that ten mil save on Tavares that I thought was going. Oh, in for that sure. was huge. And then in uh, last time they played, he shut him out four nothing too. So yeah, yeah. You know? I didn't get a chance to watch. Well, I watched the first period, but then I had a, I was uh, Tuesday night hockey where you should have been. Yeah, I was pretty comfy on the couch there, but watching a really boring hockey game because that was a boring (laughs) game, man. Yeah, like there was not, there was very low shot totals for both teams. It was a lot of like, it was almost like two teams playing trap hockey. Like they were both backed up, clogging up the blue line there, preventing a lot of zone entries. And there was a lot of dump and no chase yeah. hockey going on out <laughs> dump there. Dump and watch. Dump and watch. Dump and, watch. dump and wave your stick, right? Doing flybys <laughs> on people. Uh, yeah, but we'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, I did want to hammer this topic out because we, um, and this happened the night we recorded the last show, um, was the Leafs and Tampa game, whereas this huge controversy broke out online and then subsequent NHL investigation was uh, done, whereas some blogger, I guess, online had thought he heard uh, Riley drop an F-bomb and not the four-letter F-bomb during a play. Are you literally that afraid to say faggot on the podcast? Well, I was, uh, look at what Riley just went through for saying it. Come I was, on. I was going to not say it, but anyway. So 
that was a whole shit show that didn't need to happen. He didn't whatsoever. say it. And the fact that I know it took a while before Buddy deleted his tweet. And I'm not going to call him out because I know he got a lot of shit and he apologized and all that stuff. Oh, you mean but like the guy that kind of started the, the guy who did yeah. it, the guy who okay. posted it and said that. And the thing was, what bothered me the most about it is that this gentleman or and people as well who consumed this and decided to start throwing Riley on the bus, there was no proof that Riley said it. Yeah. There was no... And like it got to the point where where the Flint or online actually broke it down, slowed it down, listened With to it, and it's like, no, these are two different voices, and like yeah. whatever. And someone said he, someone said ragged instead of that word, and yeah. all that. So yeah. it's that's kind of ridiculous that somebody went, assumed right away it had to have been Riley that said that that was the bullshit part of that yeah but the me. ref was looking right at him it would have been an instant well that's instant the thing call. is because uh the original speculations they said to the ref and you're right that would have been a gross misconduct immediately yeah. there's no way you could say that to a ref these days no okay so here's what i was saying to some of the guys after um i whatever it was a couple of days later we were talking about this if the if a player calls a referee a fucking faggot He's getting owned. He's getting suspended. Yeah, He's getting up. penalized. Yeah. Penalized. He's getting everything. Okay. What if you call the referee a fucking cocksucker? Yeah, you might get away with that. You might only get two. <laughs> but isn't that strange? Well, though? it's like, because of the, the the gravity of the word we're yes, talking about exactly, here, right? Yeah. And yeah. good on the Leafs. Um, a lot of credit goes to the Leafs here because um, we know social media outrage culture is essentially what manufactured this. But despite that. You know, when they did, they did a presser the next day. They didn't have to do that. Yeah. They could have released a little statement and that was it. They did a presser because Kyle Dubas shows a lot of leadership on this and Morgan Riley as well on the You Can Play initiative. Yes. And that's why I was really shocked to see that people jumped at blaming Riley immediately or, or assuming they said that because it was like, this doesn't sound like something this guy would say. No. You know, like he just doesn't seem like the type of guy. And yeah, you know, I understand that's just my opinion, but. That's that. I guess going back to again was the frustrating aspect of this uh, of this for me, uh, but it, the Leafs handle it really well. Um, obviously, that kind of talk. I mean, it it's occurred, fading. It, it's fading. Yeah, it's, it's definitely fading. It, it occurred a lot when we were playing hockey growing up, of course. and uh, you know even before that in the pro level for sure. Um, you know, sports culture is not an easy place if you're if you're um, you know I you identify as gay or LGBTQ oh, or whatever. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Uh, again, once again, I got to applaud the Leafs on what they did in the follow up. Yeah, it was good, and he didn't say it, so move the fuck on. Yeah, it's just um, it's just social media outrage culture at its finest, right is, there. Somebody is. finds something or thinks they did something, and then next thing you know, you have there was actually a, a statement put out uh, by the you can play uh, thing, you know, not, and they put it out shortly before Riley was exonerated by the in, in investigation, saying like the incident that occurred last night, and it's like. Why didn't you just wait for the investigation to finish before we yeah. found out if he actually said it? Yeah. Because it was like, fix your statement now because you're acknowledging something occurred that didn't actually that didn't occur. Happen, that yeah. we, that from all evidence did not occur. So once again, you know, don't, it's not important to be the first one to comment on something. Get it right. Yeah, it's okay? true. Okay. Yeah, I don't care who you are. This is a good lesson to anyone who's aspiring media folks such as me and you or anybody. Yeah. If you're a blogger, if you're a writer, if you're a journalist, I mean, first to report is the biggest problem with the instant information culture that we have. And it happens in everything. It happens in politics. Oh, absolutely. Right? You know, pro-journalists getting fooled by stuff that they, you know, they retweet and whatever. So a lot of backtracking going on that night. Okay, so um, 
what was it? Uh, literally four seconds after that happened, Tampa now, how about had the, the 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 goal the, on the, on the, the worst line change so of the history of fucking that, hockey. That's the next thing I wanted to get into. Bullshit. That line change. Talk about a team that appears to be disengaged. And I know they were down in that game, but holy shit, man. That is the biggest like house league line change I've ever seen. Puck goes down, and the Tampa guy is the leading player to the puck, and four Leafs leave the ice at the same time and coast off the ice. Oh, yeah. That's embarrassing. That's one of the worst plays I've seen from this team in this era of three years. That's embarrassing. That should so, never happen. So I had something interesting sent to me um, by a buddy, and it was audio, like very a very audible Mike Babcock yelling for Ennis to get off the ice. Right, I sent that to you. That was you. That was me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I had a buddy send me. Yeah, my buddy. <laughs> I couldn't remember who it was. How many so buddies you got? <laughs> I got some buds. I couldn't. I couldn't remember who it was. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So, like, what are you supposed to do there? He's getting yeah. fucking hollered at to get off the ice. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't Ennis though. It was the first PP in that situation. That clip I sent you wasn't from that exact situation. Oh, it yeah. wasn't. Oh, I see. Oh, okay, okay, I yeah. see. All but right. it was the first PP, and it was like that was that was very frustrating to watch. Like I could not believe my eyes, and like, you, like I said, you, I've never seen it, and let alone seen it at the NHL level. That's that's brutal. And I mean, we we we, we change lines with the worst of them. Like we yeah, well, how many how many too many men penalties we got this year? How many like, games did we play? Tracking those? Divided by two. Yeah, that's probably how many. Get one like every other game. Every other fucking game. Tonight we'll probably get one. But overall, in that Tampa Bay game, I mean, the boys didn't show up, uh, and even after that, they played Chicago. They didn't show up till the third period in that game, and actually kind of made something of it. You know, my overall impression wasn't great, just because I I didn't want to stay up for the third period no, to know. see what was going to happen. But they nearly came back there. I know, and they had nothing going, and, and it kind of leveled out the stat lines and everything. Cause, and I watched the highlights. I'm like, oh, they kind of they salvaged what, what otherwise was going to be an ugly one. And then after that, they, they have a huge comeback win against Philadelphia uh, where JVR comes home and scores a little, uh, a little hattie. And good for him, for one. Yeah. But in the second breath, the one, a couple of those goals – what? Nobody touched him. Doing exactly what he did. Stand at the top of the crease and nobody bothered him. Like, you don't know what he's doing there. His one tip was real nice. It was very nice. But the other two, when he was just mucking around in front of the net and no one bothering him. That That's shouldn't what happen. we do. That's what we do. That's so When leafy. there's a guy in front of the net... We go get the guy behind the net that's yeah. not there. Either that or there's like a, a feeble attempt at like a stick check or something, you know? And it's like, no, get body position. I know Javier's not an easy guy to do it with, but at least battle with him. If somebody would battle with him and lost the battle, they're like, oh, he lost the battle, but he battled. No battle. Yeah, no battle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where are we going next? It's, it hasn't been good, man. I'm yeah, I know. We got lots of negative notes here. So Anderson like uh, last week was pulled for ba- from back-to-back games in his career. Um, I know in the Tampa game, that game was not his fault. There was a lot of shit bounces. One of those pucks went off Austin Matthews. Yeah. There was tips, redirects, fine. But it was they were in a situation, I think, where you get the goalie out to try and get the boys going, right? You're trying to just, just find a spark and do something. Uh, no pun intended there. Because uh, <laughs> you're not getting one from Sparky Sparks. <laughs> anyway, but that was that was a bit of a rough go. Are you concerned at, at uh, how many games Anderson's played? Like, are, are you worried about rest? Like, was that some forced rest, unfortunately, last here's, week? Here's my hot take of the of the Freddy, Frederick Anderson uh, situation. My hot take is I think 
he might go through shanks. I think he goes through the equivalent of when a golfer can't make a six-footer or when a golfer continuously stubs his chips. He's, had a, his he's chips. had a few, right? Like he had games one and two last year in the playoffs were kind of examples yes. of that. Whereas he yeah. bounced back though and played phenomenal. Right. We haven't seen an extended one since we have had October Freddie, yeah. which didn't happen this year. Didn't happen this year. So I don't think it has as much to do with rest. I know that everyone is putting all of their eggs in the rest basket. I don't necessarily believe that. Let's say we only started uh, Freddie for four more games until the end of the season. That's a lot of rest. That's a lot of uh, clipboard holding, counting face-offs, being able to sleep in a little bit more. It's whatever he can do to rest himself, right? But I don't necessarily think that just by doing that, you're going to get this 930 save percentage goalie no. come the playoffs. I think the challenge in the, in the rest conversation as well, which I imagine with them kind of getting Boston getting out of reach in terms of home ice that they're going to revisit the conversation and probably find more time to rest him. Well, now that, yeah, now that it's over and we're not getting home ice. But the challenge is finding, finding the right amount so that, so as not to lose his starting groove, I guess. Like, yeah, good point. you know, it's, you don't want to take him out of routine either. Right. And you don't want to, you don't want to screw with him momentum. Like I don't see them sitting him consecutive games or anything like that. But they just might find uh, a couple more times to sneak in sparks beyond the back to backs as the wins become less important and focusing on the playoffs becomes more important. Do we know how many uh, more back to backs we have? Uh, well, it was one tonight. We know that, right? Yeah, but so I'm not sure uh, who else uh, or what other occasions that this occurs i'm just checking it right now for my own knowledge because you're right i like that point that you say about you know taking him out of his groove you got starting goaltenders they're yeah. they're strange i know oh. he's on track for lower starts this year and, and like i said given the cir- current circumstances of the standings i don't foresee him um maxing out or anything before the end of the year and and if he wants rest i'm sure they'll give it to him right we go uh april 1st and april 2nd okay uh, islanders carolina so, you know, Fred will get the Islanders and uh, Sparks will get Carolina. And then we finish the season uh, the fourth and the sixth. So, you know, two days rest or one, sorry, one day of rest between both of those games. And it's Tampa, Montreal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. It's going to be kind of difficult. Tonight, Sparks goes. Then we go Rangers, Florida, Philly, Ottawa. I mean, Sparks might as well play all those fucking games. <laughs> I mean, they're and they're good. Except Ottawa, they're good games for him to get experience in. Yeah, but yeah, I really true. hope he doesn't play in Ottawa because I'm going to be there and I had a not great. I'd be okay with them going back to him on on Saturday the 23rd against the Rangers. And I hate to say that because I got fucking Freddie in my fantasy pool, Should but Freddie is fucking killing my fantasy. Yeah, pool. well, yeah, we had a rough week last week. God I mean, that's that's the only thing that leads you to believe that maybe some rest is required because yeah. that was a very un-Freddie last week where he had a bit of a rough go. Tampa game excluded though, because like I said, I don't think a lot one. of those were were yeah. his fault. But uh, pretty pretty weak there in the in the other couple of games. Like but... I made it through to my fantasy finals, which are this week. I made it through my semis in spite of oh, really? of him being oh, terrible. Wow. I fucking had to pick. I picked up Grice. It was a good pickup though. Picked up Grice, got through. I picked up Kemper for the finals as well, just in case Freddie's garbage, which she has been lately. Yeah, but we'll see if we can get a turnaround. 
So a couple other uh, news and notes here on the Leafs. Uh, last week, uh, there was a number of college free agents actually signed. And a flurry of sorts, eh? <laughs> the uh, Leafs managed to snag a right-handed defenseman, Joseph Duzak. Dusak? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't actually hear anyone say his name, so you have to go with my pronunciation. I like Duzak. But, uh, man, pretty phenomenal stats. Uh, you know, 99 points in 101 uh, NCAA games with Mercyhurst University. So uh, another 47 points this year, and uh, that's uh, one of the better players nationally. Um, I know they're in a division that's significantly weaker, as some people so kindly pointed out to me online. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> given the fact that uh, it's very difficult to draft uh, defensemen, uh, you know, if you can snag a, a college free agent who can uh, you can work with and you see something in, uh, you know, you know hope, how, I hope this guy turns into something, right? You know how it comes across two-way, like, yeah, well, he's in a fucking way easier division, fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay I, I know okay thanks fine like i get it just wait um, a second. like just let me be a fan sometimes and be excited like i know analyst me is like this guy could be nothing yeah. but like fan me is like this guy's gonna be great 21 years old uh 510 185 yeah and and the, is that almost the prototypical nhl defenseman now though like Maybe. they're getting smaller. I, yeah, I guess they're you're getting right. significantly yeah, smaller. Right. It's much more about offensive and puck moving ability than it is about size. Like size is becoming a non-factor, and for the Leafs, I bet you it's close to a non-factor. So here, but here's the most interesting statistic I have for the guy uh, this year, as you mentioned, playing in the NC two A, forty-seven points in thirty-seven games, forty-two penalty minutes. That's not too bad. Okay, I like that. if we go way back to his junior days. Playing for the Junior Islanders in the United States Providence Hockey League, I want to say. I think I'm actually right. Are you about just guessing that. an acronym and trying yes. to, try to fill in the blanks? Yes, I am. And as as I talk about this, I'm gonna because I can multitask. I'm gonna fucking paste it in here, <laughs> and I think I'm right. Ah, I'm wrong. God Providence, damn it! Providence, like they have a whole like major, I don't know. major hockey league. United States Premier Hockey League is that what it's called. Much more likely. Yeah, much more likely. I just think it rolled off my tongue nicely. Um, so in 2015-2016, his final year of playing in that junior program, 60 points in 42 games, 107 pims. Excellent. So he's got some edge then, I <laughs> yeah, imagine. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and like the point totals are, are pretty impressive just throughout his career. So He gets a lot of pims. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting. I'm sure he'll uh, shore, up, uh, shore up with the Marlies if he doesn't return to school next year, and uh, we'll see if how that pans out. Dude, he got 14 penalty minutes in two playoff games that year. Awesome. So Love is it. he fighting people? I'm not sure. You can't fight in college hockey. They're in cages, so. Oh, that might. I like, think he can, but I'm pretty sure it's like instant ejection. Oh, but that might, yeah. So that might skew things a little bit because he might be getting tens. Well, he's getting all. Oh, he's getting all those pims without fighting. I would assume. Yeah, but, that's interesting. I don't know, we'll have to dig deeper on this guy. Find yeah, I'm what's looking going forward on. to see what he can bring to the table. Uh, sticking with the defense on the least back, and I'm sure like most fans, uh, you're just dying to know what the hell is going on with Dermot Gardner. Um, I know James. Murray of the athletic was teasing that he was going to have a, a report on Gardner later in the week. Uh, I think Friday they were going to publish an article. This uh, week? So they might be holding on to something right there. Uh, but from the information that I've been able to gather thus far, it appears that he is not going to be ready and not even for sure playoffs yet. Um, if I don't know 
how much you've dug into it, but I've heard it's a pretty major back issue. He's having back spasms. Uh, the recovery plan that the team put him on has not worked as they had hoped. So it appears that uh, we're most likely to see Travis Dermott in the first week of April and Jake Gardner still a question mark. I don't think we're going to see Jake Gardner this season. That's it, what I think. That's if my it's, gut feeling. If it's this bad, you know, and it's this an injury of this degree, clear is not a play through it, suck it up type injury either. Um, this is this could be bad news for Gardner and, and overall bad news for the Leafs. I You're mean, goddamn right. It's if bad you news. didn't miss Jake Gardner before, fuck, I bet you miss him now after watching the way that uh, some of our inexperienced D men have handled their uh, their the promotions. Roles, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's not a Leaf, there's not an anti Gardner guy out there that can say confidently right now. I haven't that. heard a lot of anti Gardner people yeah. lately. That's for sure. Like and, you know, you know, like I think a lot of people that know me would would put me in the anti Gardner category. You straddle the fence. I, I don't. I'm not anti Gardner. Gardner is a good player. Gar- we 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 require Gardner on this team. And if Gardner's not going to be on this team, then the saving grace for me is the money that we don't have to pay him can be spent to pay someone else, someone else that I can start to hate in six to seven years. <laughs> you know. So the Duzak. point, yeah. yeah <laughs> the point is, is the the haters are wrong. Um, we need the player. The player is good. The player has some has some tendencies and he lacks in certain areas. And that's where you're gonna find a guy like me, you know, put my coaching hat on or my general well, you manager. Can find hat criticisms with, with anyone, right? yeah, it's true. But at the end of the day, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, let's go, but fuck me, we could have traded this guy. Well, fuck and just the puck moving abilities what I, I think we miss the most. We're gonna lose him for nothing now. Not even a playoff run. Yeah, that's that's it really sucks, man. That's pretty likely. Now, I wonder if this injury hurts his value, but from not what enough. I've read, not enough. From, from what I have read, it still appears he's going to be offered like six times six in the offseason by a number of clubs. So, what this is definitely exposed, though, is is a huge like gap in terms of defensive depth, which I'm we're sure we're very well aware of. But no, really. Here's kind of the <laughs> issue that I think it's drawn, and this might be uh, more of a rift in terms of management coaching type things. But here's Justin Hall. We'll take for example. He's the perfect example of this. Okay, guys played two games in the lead up to these injuries, and then now has been playing uh, every other game. I think he's played two in a row now, and is actually going to play his third in a row tonight. How do you expect a defenseman who has two previous games NHL experience to perform? thrust into a role, even if it is third pairing. But how do you expect a D-man to perform who's got four games NHL experience going on all of a sudden to playing consistently? Well, it, it can't. Your expectations cannot be good. They have to be tampered at least. I think, at that's, very, at I think that just might be a, um, a, like a deviation in philosophy between Dubas and Babcock because you might say the Leafs have no defensive depth, but, or somebody like Dubas or, or somebody who thinks like Dubas might say, he gave you depth, Babcock, but you didn't use it at all. You haven't developed it. So then all of a sudden, when those injuries do occur, the guys that are called upon don't have any NHL experience because you won't give it to them. But how how uh, effective is the development of an NHL defenseman going to be when throughout their developing years, their number one systematic play is to fire it down the ice and a stretch pass? That's not good. Our defensive strategy is also not good. So Babcock can go in front of the camera all he wants after the game and say things like, 
you know, I thought we skated real hard, but we just didn't really get to the yeah. corners there. And, you know, like, we played well. Like, the guy's got to watch the guy in front. He's going to go behind the net. He wants to go watch the guy in front. Well, that's kind of on you, man. Like, that's kind of on you. Like, I'm not saying that a player playing poorly is on Babcock, because it's not. I mean, you can even have a superstar player come out and have an off night. That's not on the coach. No, but a coach can hinder development. I think that's what's happening in, some, in, 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 in many cases. That's really the point I think I'm getting at here, because... There, there were players there, whether you like them or not, and for them to be ready to step into a full-time NHL role, they have to have some NHL experience yeah. if you want it to go well. So I'm thinking, you know, and I think Babcock is starting to come under quite a bit of criticism uh, oh. from the fanboys because now there's no, other than, you know, give or take a right-handed defenseman, there's no excuses in terms of talent and personnel. It's there. Yeah. So if you can't make it happen with this group, and and you fall below expectations, even if they are unrealistic or a little sky high, that people are going to start questioning that. And uh, you know, uh, going back to Myrtle again in the Athletic today, he did a Q and A Q&A earlier today, actually, um, and I followed along for a little bit. And one of the things that he pointed out was, and, and something that I'd given thought to recently, is that systems and usage could be two of the biggest problems with the Maple Leafs right now. A that the system doesn't really work and is not conducive to the, the skill level and the, the play style of these players. And, and two, <laughs> what the deployment? Yeah. The deployment of the players, right? The Ron Hainsey on the top fair. Yeah. Then that's, that's been a go-to for fans, right? Fucking sick. And, of it. and, and, and people who run the numbers. I mean, it's, I got Ron bitched H- at, I got bitched at so heavily for talking about this. I got called a fucking sheep. I got called, uh, just a terrible fan, and it's like, hey, listen, like everyone's got opinions on everything all fucking to- all the time. Okay, it, it, we're not everybody's gonna agree on everything, but like, I fucking love it, and yeah, I am fucking patting myself on the fucking back right now because I love the fact that things that I fucking have been bitching about for like six hundred days, <laughs> people are finally like coming around, yeah, and they're finally like, oh, this is bullshit. I can't believe that he had fucking. Nick Patan and Tyler Ennis on the ice down by two with three minutes to go. Yeah, me neither, genius. Yeah. Or like, oh, we got scored on. Let's throw the fourth line out. Let's start. Let's throw the fourth sure. line out. Oh, we scored. Let's for- yeah. throw the fucking fourth line out again. Yeah. I the think guy the, is getting in the way, man. I think a lot of it got brushed aside. It was like, ah, Babcock's stubbornness, right? Babcock's stubbornness. But like throughout the season, too, I mean, we talked about some of the biggest storylines, even while they were pretty successful and winning a lot of games and you know, don't get me wrong. They're still in a good position and everything. Yeah, of course. But but when things were humming along, tickety boo, <laughs> we're sitting there going like, we're bitching about Janssen not playing enough. We're talking about Nylander needing to be with Matthews. We're talking about the top pairing. Like these stories have been around. Babcock. They've these been stories Babcock have been around. Centered all but season. I think now that they're actually facing some adversity, we're seeing the detriment of those decisions. In that some people are miscast. And other people have been miscast for so long, it's harder for them to step into yeah. a, another role. And that's not to say that the scratches should be playing every game and other guys should be out. It's just to say that the depth that Mike Babcock might think we don't have isn't there simply because the guys that he does have haven't been used. Yes. So when I have this argument with, with people who vehemently uh, disagree with me, i.e., you know they're they're big Babcock fans. Uh, they just think I'm wrong, which is fine. I could be. I probably am. I don't know. But the point is, when I have these arguments with those people, those people, the only real thing that they can throw back at me is the fact that the Leafs are in fifth place. And 
you know, I, that doesn't hold any water, man. That bucket's got holes. Because, good, we're in fifth place. We could be in fucking first. Remember when we were winning? Yeah. Remember when we were creative? And Remember think, when we were scoring goals? I we think, don't do that anymore. I think pointing the standings as well, and, and that's that's something that I've used on a few occasions to be like, hey, calm down when people are going off the deep end and freaking out, which we're in a similar a situ- We're in a similar situation right now. It seems every time they lose a few games in a row, people are, are going off the deep end. But... I think with this current situation, we're, I'm not really all that surprised that that people are going off the deep end and that they are starting to lose it. Well, I said to uh, the one group that I'm in, the it's league. not good enough just to be in fifth place or third place or whatever. We got to win around. We right? bought well. We bought equity in the standings yeah. earlier in the season when we were playing really, really well. Absolutely. I don't remember what the exact record is, mm-hmm. but it was. And I'm not saying it's Nylander. But the I'm first just, half of the season went f- yeah. pretty smoothly. That there were not a lot of bumps in the road. Like, we're, like I, I talked about. We got to the leave segment. And we're like, well, not a lot to say here. Like they're <laughs> they're humming along nicely. They're winning, right? Yeah. And and it's it's almost true. Like I know you can you can break down winning and good stuff, but holy shit, is there a lot of content when they're not playing good? Well, um, the the statistic that I was going to throw at you, I don't remember exactly what it is, but I believe we're a game under five hundred since Nylander came back. Uh, since the new year, I think was the one I saw today. Is like we're like probably just over. Oh, sorry, it was a then. breakdown of, of what the Leafs were like against. Uh, playoff teams and it was like i think it was like 17 and 18 like yeah, it was poor. just sub 500 yeah. Yeah. um and that was kind of a there was a lot there's a lot of red flags that have been occurring for a while if you do follow the analytics and the numbers and and like i said this isn't just the last month this is going back to the turn of the new year essentially and right in around when william nylander did come back right um i and i think i think that's what's generated a lot of the the um, not just the money dispute with Nylander, but I think that's generated a lot of the fan hate is that they haven't been the greatest since he has come back. And they were really good before he and came. And it's so yeah. easy thing. I think yeah. there was a guy sitting behind us at the game. He was like, oh, fuck, Nylander oh, floating out there. Him. He was just torching Nylander him. every time on the ice. And I'm like, <laughs> I felt like saying I didn't, but I was like, he's he's been one of the best players this game for the Leafs, and you're ragging on him. It's he's funny lazy when, and all this. It's funny, when I go to those games, man, the, the only people that I actually fully ignore are those people. Some of the hot take Leaf fans yeah, there. I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not here to listen to your goddamn hot takes now you know i was yelling i was yelling out a bunch of stuff some of the like i throw a lot of shit against the wall not all of it sticks but some of it got some laughs and whatever. the whole show is just but, us throwing shit at yeah the wall. but but i'm not i'm not like out there at the game trying to get digs and reactions the way i do it online like when i go online and i type something i'm feeling it i'm like oh, i'm gonna type this and like people are gonna get mad they're gonna respond to me i do that it's kind of a troll job yeah you're not, a bit of a troll i'm not trolling uh at the game like some like that guy was that guy's like an anti Nylander guy he just wants to go and have his entire section and everyone that's sitting around him know that he thinks Nylander's yeah. a fucking lazy like he's gonna bomb. convert you or something yeah like just shut up man like i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna entertain you and then of course i'm the guy yelling things out as well I'm getting some reactions. He's not getting any reactions on the Nylander love. So what does he do? Nylander More hate. Nylander yeah. hate. Or, or sorry, yeah. yeah, he's not getting reactions on the Nylander hate. So what does he do? More he's of just it. louder. But like he was, and even so, he wasn't even yelling half the time. He was just like cursing him quietly to his body. But I could hear yeah, him we, clearly. Yeah, he's you're right, right behind us. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. All right, so let's wrap it up on this one here. Um, does Mike Babcock survive the summer if 
the Leafs lose no. in the first round. No. You're going to go no? Now, and something also to add to this that I read in 31 Thoughts is that uh, Toronto is currently negotiating a contract with uh, Sheldon yes. Keefe yes. to keep him around. Oh, how do which we is not fucking talk phenomenal about news. It um, is phenomenal and news. That, and that just goes to show you what he said post-Calder Cup last year, that he, he's happy in Toronto and he's happy to coach there. So good on him. Got a young family there, and I'm happy that he's sticking around. Uh, because I I think I agree with you that it I think he's on the hot seat at least if it's something they talk about whether anything comes of it we'll see but I I, I could see there being a conversation I think that this news and I'm really upset with both of us myself mostly for not you know picking up more on this for this week's episode and I don't want to go on too oh, 31 long thoughts here. came out like two hours ago yeah. fucking Elliot like come on man I don't want to go too long on this here but I, I I saw this article four days ago when it came out and my first immediate knee-jerk reaction was Babcock is done right Babcock is not only done he's fucking done already because we have no chance against the Bruins man I don't give that's, a fuck what you say that's not true we're fucked no that's not true we have no D and we have no systems going on, and Boston is one of the best teams yeah. in this league. It's it's not true that we have no chance. I still argue that the the series is more of a coin flip, but they're definitely the underdogs. All right, I'll give that to you. I'll if, give if that anything to you. takes the pressure off, you're they're right. not the underdogs. You're right. I don't need to say that yeah. they have no fucking it's, chance. It's really gonna That's it's really fan. gonna That's come down to uh, whether or not Dermot and Gardner come back and how yeah. they are and how the team comes together over the next couple of weeks because obviously you want to see them going on a bit of a heater in yeah. the lead up to the playoffs. And I mean, if they just had the week they had right now going in the playoffs, whole oh, fuck, would you be upset? So I just kind of thought like it goes further to my, my hot take of the fucking season, which I don't even know if I've been saying it at all on the podcast, but I might as well go on record if I haven't, or I'm doing it again. If we lose in the first round and I, Here's what I was saying. I'm not going to even say if because my I made a fucking prediction. I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, you just said we're fucked. I think we get stick with it. I think we get rolled by Boston in the first round, and I think Babcock is fired, and Keith comes in immediately, wins the cup next year. Oh, that's you're just taking it to a whole nother level. First season, oh. uh, the stories are there. <laughs> Keith, Keith. Uh, oh man, that I, would be something. I mean, I know it's the NHL. If this happens, you're. I don't know what we're going to do. Like, I'll, be do do? Like, I'll be famous. I'll be famous if this happens. I mean, I'm not just throwing out a stupid like thing. Like I'm I'm married to this. So listen, I want to bring it up real quick before we end it. I want to bring it up. Back in 2002, when Canada won gold, okay, uh, against the States, that was the Mario between the legs over to Korea, fucking beautiful goal. Um, when we won that, when we won that, it was the first gold for Canada in 50 years. So I went on record and I said, listen. The Leafs are going to win the cup in 2017. That's what's going to happen. Okay. What made you think that? Because it was the 50th anniversary. Oh. Okay. So I said the Leafs. Everyone says they're Canada's so team. They... I said the Leafs are going to do what Team Canada did. <laughs> team Canada went 50 years without winning a gold. Now I know they don't play for it every year, but they went 50 years as far as a timeline is concerned without winning the championship. Then they did on home soil. So or. Or no, sorry, that was in Salt Lake. Excuse me, that was in Salt Lake. They put the loony in the fucking ice down in Salt Lake. Yeah. When they won. yeah. So anyway, not on home soil. The Leafs, I said, they're going to do the same thing. It's going to be the 50th year, the anniversary of them not winning, and they're going to win. Then time was going along, and the team was fucking garbage. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, this is kind of good for my prediction. Like, you know, they're not going to win anytime soon. And then it started getting closer and a little bit closer. And then we got fucking Matthews. And I was just like, oh, my God. 
Like this could potentially this could potentially happen, man. And then there they were in 2017, a pretty fucking solid playoff run. Unable to get it done. Well, that was run. The, but that was the 16. No, sorry, not run. A good series. A yeah. good run at that Washington series, the 2016-2017 season. Um, so I was wrong with that prediction, but I'm telling you, man, I owned it for years. And How I many? had close friends of mine that that you know were backing me up on this you were just sticking sticking into it i was very disappointed when now, it, when it happened how many times in your life do you think you'll try and like predict this like you figure you got to hit once in your life this is the second this is the second like this is your second major prediction. prediction yeah okay. major cup prediction that oh I've man made. this is great. i'm not a i'm not a next year this fan. is great i've never been a so next back year to reality fan. though yeah if they're how much do they have to pay Sheldon Keefe to stay in the minor leagues instead of taking an NHL coaching job? Do they Six have figures? to do you think seven they, figures? Seven, sorry, figures. seven do, figures. They must have to match at least NHL salary to keep him no, there. No. You know? I don't think NHL I think salary. I believe him that he wants to, but I think he has to have almost an NHL head coach salary. Like well, he, he's probably already making more than most um most uh AHL coaches. Yeah. But I figure if they're negotiating a deal to keep him here for X amount of years, you know, they could be the length of Babcock's term. They signed him four year contract. I think it's going to be an easy deal. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say easy. Otherwise it would have been done already, but I think it's going to be a a relatively smooth process because uh, I'm on record saying this as well. And I'll go on record again. I think he is, I think he's, he's, he's bought in. He's a buyer. He's buying what Dubas is selling, and he's Dubas is fucking guy, man. Well, clearly, like, the team is going to win. Clearly, the cup. He, they believe in each other. I mean, that's yeah. pretty evidence. And I'm, I was really happy to see that story. Uh, that that Me they too. are working on a contract. Babbers so. is done, man. Like that quote that Babbers had after the last game when he specifically We're calling Babbers now or know. whatever. <laughs> Sorry, the one buddy that I, the one but my buddy Hendy that fucking he hates me. <laughs> he hates on me whenever I hate on Babs. Like he he texts me. After listening to the podcast, and he and calls like, him Babbers. Yeah, he calls him Babbers. He's like, I'm not fucking talking to you anymore because because of what you said about fucking Babbers. And I'm like, man. Oh my god, how long how long is the show? I don't know. I knew it was going to be a big one. Hour thirty six. Oh, that's not that's not terrible. Have oh, we had longer bad. shows? Yeah. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah, we've had longer shows. But <laughs> okay. This one's good though. We got some good flow to it. I'm I'm okay with it. Well, there was lots to say, and like we were we were too, whenever we go a little late, like sometimes we've rescheduled. And like gone a little earlier, but this I think this is the first time we've had like an over seven day layover. And the fact that the Leafs played so much in the interim, like yeah, made true. it made it hard to uh and you know what to gloss over some things. If I, like, and we went sideways probably more times, times in yeah. this episode than we have in most. If I had a voice uh for Monday, we would have missed the NHL player poll, which probably burnt twenty minutes. Yeah, we burnt a lot of time on we that. Like we're like quickly, we'll just go through it and name a guy, and then it was like, Oh, well, here's sidebar, and here's why I think this twenty six point seven percent of the vote went Let's to this pull guy up his hockey the- DB. <laughs> and forty percent variance, and yeah. there was three hundred and forty seven votes totaled. <laughs> yeah. Well that's that's the hard thing, because I imagine being like in, in an analytics, like I've listened to a few analytics based podcasts and it's like they can only cover like two or three topics a whole show because it takes so long to like delve through every angle yeah. that you yeah. present and all that. But are you going to play something? Get it, get me uh, done here. Yeah, get me I guess. Out of here. Yeah, I guess we're out of it. Get eh? me out of here. I think we're good. I think we're spent. All right. That was a that was a burner and no breaks anymore. We're just powering through it. I don't know if I want to say no breaks anymore. I like a mid. I like a mid break. I like a I like a dark break. Yeah, I don't know. I like 
sometimes just rock it. Like tonight we're rocking, so we had to keep going. Yeah, it's true. What I like about it actually, we do it on a case by case basis, and just I'll fucking ask you, do you want to take a break or no? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm still gonna play the tune though. You're just I'm gonna s- play the tune and see how it goes. I'm always gonna play the Tetris yeah, tune. Yeah, you just want it in the middle. I like it in the middle. Yeah, I like it. Well, I don't even fucking know when the middle is. Usually, it's about at the 45 minute mark, and then we go until. Yeah, you're right. It probably works out to be about the middle. Well, I guess we got to go because the Leafs just came on and I just saw a puck go deep. So The puck is in deep and Marner back to the point, a long shot from the Leafs. And now we're going to head to the end of the episode here. Episode 26, Pucks in Deep Podcast. Thanks for joining us, Josh Coleman, Adam Lesko. Uh, here on a Wednesday, we should be back to you again on Monday. Follow us at PuckPod on the Twitter sphere and we'll see you again next week. Take care. Call me here.